Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. How about them Cowboys? Fourth consecutive win for Mike McCarthy's team, for Dak Prescott's team, Dan Quinn's, Kellen Moore's. This team is 4-1 and one, and we will actually talk about the meaning of that number in a few minutes here on the show. But first, we'll talk about the main takeaways from the game. We'll talk about the primetime performer of the game. And I'm excited. I know you are too. So before we start the show, make sure you like the video. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please share the show with your friends and let them know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Welcome. I know you're happy. Let's talk about a Cowboys win over the Giants, 44-20. to Let's kick the show off officially. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire Cowboys season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. The Cowboys won 44-20 versus a New York Giants team that was completely banked up. And I'm not going to lie to you, I think that sucked a lot. The fact that Daniel Jones got hurt, Saquon Barkley as well, Kenny Galladay was ruled out of the game too. It was just a bad situation for a football game to be in. Even though the Cowboys were able to benefit from it, you just don't like to see these kind of players go down injured. The Cowboys fortunately walked away from this game completely, basically untouched. No major injuries to report for the Dallas Cowboys, even though... Amari Cooper had to go to the sideline for a few plays. The same for Ezekiel Elliott after he fell backwards on that pylon. Fortunately, no major issues, according to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what is up, everyone? Thank you for joining me. What is up, Marks, over here on YouTube? Let's go. Dallas Young as well. Hype, hype, hype. And Stevie Mac reminding you to hit that like button if you are hyped. And, of course, remember to share the show as well. So how are we doing, Cowboys Nation? It was a fun game to watch. I think it, it really was fun. Not at first, though. <laughs> Definitely not at first. And my first question for me to you guys is, how would you grade the Cowboys' 44-20 to win over the Giants? Because it was not pretty. Definitely not at first. We came into this game talking about whether or not Dak Prescott would be a little bit rattled because of the situation that the game implied. You know, a year ago, he got injured the same week, the same uh, time slot, the same, the same rival, and that's when he got injured. So we were kind of wondering whether or not it would have any impact on the mental side of things for Dak Prescott. And it, it appeared to be the case. And actually, Dak Prescott talked in the post-game presser about it. He mentioned how maybe that was the reason he was kind of out of touch with the entire offense. Now, whew, it's good that the Cowboys were able to walk away with the win, of course, and with a major win, by the way, 44 points versus the Giants. But 
back in the first half, we were a little bit concerned. Maybe not about getting the win, but just frustrated about the giveaways, about missed opportunities on the field. Dallas Young, regarding the grade, it will go with B. Manny Ramos will also go with B. Stevie Max says, B, you're supposed to beat crappy teams. That first half was rough. It really was. Too many mistakes that you aren't going to get away with versus good teams. And Barbara says, oh, please, Cowboys won. Thank goodness. And I think that everyone shares that sentiment, uh, especially after the first half. Now, I agree. My grade was also a B for Dallas Cowboys on this game, mainly because of what people are mentioning in the chat. The Cowboys were struggling, and we really don't know what the outcome would have been. And actually, I will say B minus. I will not say B. I, I, I need to give them a B minus because of one reason specifically. I, maybe I would have give, given them the B if Daniel Jones was on the field, if Saquon Barkley was on the field, and Kenny Galladay as well. But this team struggled even in the second half in some drives when all of these players were out for the New York Giants and the offensive line came into the game injured as well. Fourth left guard to start in a season for the Giants. Andrew Thomas was active. However, he was, uh, he was not on the field. It was a bad Giants team that came into the game injured. So that's why we'll give them a B-. However, it is not necessarily in a negative way what I'm saying because... Here's one of the biggest takeaways from the Cowboys versus the Giants game in week five. The fact that the Cowboys were able to overcome everything that was going wrong with them from penalty flags to turnovers, they were able to overcome it and they were able to win the game by 22 points. Now the Giants again suffered a lot of injuries, but in the second half, the Cowboys showed they were clearly the better team between the two squads that were on the field. Now, it is the second consecutive week in which we see something like this, in which we see the Cowboys struggling the first half. Last week, it, it was against a, a clearly better team in the Carolina Panthers. Now it was against a lesser team. However, the Cowboys are able to go into that halftime, go into the locker room, and walk out in the second half and uh, with, with adjusted football. And I think we need to give them credit for that. So a round of, of applause for the Cowboys coaching staff that even in situations in which the game gets off to an ugly start, the Cowboys are being able to overcome it. It was a, it was a good game in the second half for the Dallas Cowboys. Lennon might have been better than Daniel Jones, says Stevie Mack. You can make that argument. You can certainly make that argument. We were getting pressure all game, just need to finish it with a sack. And we'll get into the primetime performer talk in just a minute. However, I will say this. Gregory was amazing on today's game versus the Giants. We were The Cowboys were able to get some pressure on the quarterback, as Dallas Young is pointing out. And I think that needs to be, you know, outlined. I told you four sacks, but they did better, took him out. Having said that, I hope he's okay, says Bal Ballantyne. Yeah, and by the way, controversial play there. And I think that that leads us to our second biggest takeaway from this game. As you can see in the title, my, my, the title is the two main takeaways. Number one is how the Cowboys are being able to adjust on halftime and walk out as a better team in the second half. And may, maybe I'm not talking about big-time adjustments in which the Cowboys walk out to the second half with a completely different game plan. What I'm talking about is they're being able to overcome adversity early in games, and they have done that more than once. 
this season. And I think that is important for a Cowboys team that is trying to be a contender within the NFC. Now, the second biggest takeaway from this game didn't, didn't take long for us to confirm what we already kind of discussed during the week. But this Cowboys-Giants game had about one or two plays that showed us perfectly why the Cowboys were right about releasing Jalen Smith. And that is, on that play, when Daniel Jones got injured, Gabriel Cox, the rookie linebacker, closing in on Daniel Jones at full speed. And we will let the... We will leave the helmet-to-helmet -helmet talk for another day. But the way that he closes in on Daniel Jones, you and I know that there is no way Jalen Smith did that in 2021. Maybe in 2018. And he had some plays like that in 2018. But we have not seen that from Jalen since then. So I think that the Cowboys made a major move, major roster move this week. And it did not take long for them to prove to us why they did it. We talked about better players being on the field for the Cowboys after releasing Jalen Smith, and we confirmed that today versus the Giants. It was not the only j play in which we kind of saw that as well. Now, as your starting linebackers, you saw Leighton Vanderich and Micah Parsons. Maybe Keanu Neal will, you know, reclaim his starting role for the Cowboys when he gets back in the rhythm in practice. He missed a few weeks, so... It's very understandable that the Cowboys did not make him the starter for this game. But Leighton had a good game as well. He had some big plays. And we know that Leighton's future within the Cowboys is very uncertain. But he has a chance to see more playing time without Jalen Smith on the field to, to earn his role beyond 2021. So I think that, you know, that is to me one of the main takeaways from this game. We saw better linebacker play, even though the defense did not have a perfect game. They looked well again. They played well. Only allowed, you know, the 20 points, but seven of them came late in the game. I think that the Cowboys really had that confirmation, th those confirmation plays after the Jalen Smith release. Now, Mel Ballantyne says that helmet hit was not deliberate. Talking about the Jalen, you know, the Gabriel Cox over Daniel Jones hit. And I understand, listen, if the refs had thrown the flag, I would have not been able to complain because I know that it was not deliberate, but I also know that the NFL rulebook is a little bit weird on that aspect, on that front. It, it is really not that clear. It is not that clear when what, what the refs should do when the quarterback is also lowering his head. I understand that what's fair is fair, and it's cool that, that Jabril did not got the did not have the the flag called on him. However, I would have understood it if the refs had thrown it. What's missing overall in the team, says Joe Mesa, that we can potentially pick up prior to the trade deadline this year. Listen, here's, here's an interesting thing from, from Joe. And I, I know this is not a, an answer to Joe, and I'm going to pose another question for you. But we knew that Michael Gallup was a potential trade asset for the Dallas Cowboys We'll talk more about this later in the week, but I was thinking earlier that with Cedric Wilson playing the way he is, Noah Brown as well, on the offense clicking on all cylinders, even without Michael Gallup, that, you know, if you want to trade for a, a, a specific player, like cornerback, if you want to trade for a specific offensive guard, you can do that maybe uh, with Michael Gallup. Now, I know it's a little bit far-fetched and it's a little bit early to talk about that, 
but it would not be the first time that a contender lets go on a starter to get another on another position of need. Now, I think that what's missing for the Cowboys is still a little bit of depth at cornerback. Trevon Diggs continues to play so, so well. He continues to be a very good uh, cornerback for the Cowboys. Another pick for Trevon Diggs, by the way. Another pick for Trevon. Just amazing stuff. However, you want better cornerbacks behind him, in my opinion. I don't see the Cowboys getting one cornerback in the trade deadline, though. What about Connor McGovern, though? That's another question that I had for you. Should the Cowboys play McGovern at center over Tyler Vyadich? Because that's the other position that comes to mind when we talk about upgrading the Dallas Cowboys. Should the Dallas Cowboys upgrade what they have at center with a player that's already in-house, Connor McGovern? We know that Mike McCarthy talked about that, about this during the week. He mentioned that McGovern was looking better and better at center. And we know that Tyler Vyadish continues to struggle. So should the Dallas Cowboys play McGovern at center? That is one of my main questions after this game. RB Nightmare says yes. Joshua Davis goes with yes as well. Shout out to Eric Smith, who's having fun in the, in the Facebook comments. <laughs> Shout out to him. Uh, should Cowboys play McGovern at center over Biadish? Yeah, Biadich needs to ride to the bench, says uh, Dallas John. I think maybe after the bye week, says APJ. What is up, John Jones? Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for being here. I will say this. My answer is yes, but it's conditioned. I don't think that you need to rush things. I don't think that things are as bad with Tyler Viadish at center. I understand why the Cowboys want to upgrade the position, and they should. Because even though I agree with the philosophy behind if it's not broke, don't fix it, like William Martin is saying in YouTube, I understand where that is coming from. However, anytime that you can improve your team in the NFL, you need to do it, right? In my opinion, even though it's not broke. I agree that it's not broke, but it can be better. It definitely can. But I don't think that the Cowboys are in a position in which they need to rush things because the offense is putting points up on the board. Tyler has been able to have some decent plays at least. Zach Martin is doing a tremendous job. I think we are actually understating how good Zach Martin has been for the Cowboys this season because he's picking up a lot of slack from both sides. From Terence Steele, who is a swing tackle and is doing a good job for a swing tackle, and to Tyler Biadish, who is struggling on, on, over on the inside. So I think that the Cowboys have time to let Connor McGovern get into a rhythm as well at center because we know that the Cowboys have not really paid attention to that possibility a lot in the offseason or in training camp. Connor Williams was taking snaps at center instead of Connor McGovern, for example. So he might need a little bit more time in order to make that transition. So I think that at some point it would be interesting to see McGovern at center, but I think that the Cowboys should definitely not rush it because things are working. So why rush things? Now, McGovern is working at the, with the MAC package that we have talked about. Uh, we, we are not only seeing him as a center anymore, as a fullback anymore, excuse me. We are actually seeing him lined up in the offensive line, which is also interesting. 
<laughs> Charles Davis, shout out to Charles Davis. He says, why are you guys listening to this guy? I got tennis shoes older than him. Shout out to Charles. I'm glad you guys are having fun uh, over at Facebook. Fortunately, it's not about how old you are, right? It's about other things. I think that could work, says Charles Moore. This team has overcome a lot, and it will hold its own with any team in the NFL. And that is true. Listen, there's no way. We talked about where the Cowboys ranked in the... We talked about the Cowboys, where the Cowboys ranked within the NFC during the week, and we talked about them being a top five team in the conference. They are still in that conversation, and they are still on that... Uh, excuse me. They have the potential to be... I think that the Red Sox just won the game because there are there is yelling going on in my home, and that's because my brother is a Red Sox fan. So shout out to the Red Sox if they just beat the Tampa Bay Rays. Anyways, back to the point. I think that the Cowboys should should explore that that um that position. Now, I will take I, I will take this opportunity to explain to Charles why guys are listening to the show. Because the center, he says, is a rookie. He got to learn. We still got six starters out Cowboys Nation. We will be all right. I, I agree that the Cowboys will be all right. But I think that the answer to his question of why people are listening to the show is specifically because of this. Tarlov Bjadic is not really, you know, a rookie, right? It's his second year in the NFL. So just helping out Charles Davis out there on the Facebook chat. <laughs> Because you know you're, says Joshua Davis. Thank you to Joshua and to everyone who is in the chat, as always. Now, I found it very concerning. There were so many bad snaps from the center. that had to save a few ugly snaps, in my opinion. And now, Dak also struggled. For example, the fumble, I think that was on Dak, for example, it, early in the game when he let that ball go. So that just bad football overall from the Cowboys in the first half. I'm intrigued as to whether the Cowboys or not will explore the possibility of playing McGovern at center. Now, shout out to the offensive line, though, because they opened up the trenches for the running backs. Another game in which the Cowboys running backs averaged over five yards per carry each. Ezekiel Elliott averaged 5.2 yards per carry on this game. Tony Pollard had 5.4, 115 total yards for Sick, 75 for Tony Pollard. So great job on the running game. Once again, for a Cowboys team that was facing a team that struggles versus the run. They had allowed over 170 yards versus the Saints. The Cowboys clearly had better running backs and they were able to exploit that as well. Tony Simmons says, great shadow duty. Great uh, shadow duty on Jones. Gerald Cox didn't wish any injuries. Glad the Cowboys came out without injuries. Love it. And we were concerned about that. I think that we all were concerned about the Cowboys having injuries because there were some scares. Amari Cooper gave us a little bit of a scare. The same goes for Ezekiel Elliott. Then you had Trevon Diggs dealing with the back issue. The TV broadcast was showing Trevon Diggs on the bike, getting some treatment, getting some attention, not, not really treatment. Sick did get some, you know, the regular spray that they use for hits like that. So overall... The Cowboys were fortunate to not have any injuries to report after the game. Now, the next game will be tough versus the Patriots. You will travel to Foxborough. So maybe some guys get some rest days as veterans. We really don't know if they will or not. But it will be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle their injury report this week. Because they were conservative with Sick, Amari, and Trevon Diggs during the week. 
they might do so again. Well, not really with Trevon Diggs, more, more than anything with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. Now, it, it is time to name our primetime performer of the game. Who was your primetime performer of the game? Let's talk about it. And I think there are some obvious candidates. You have Trevon Diggs, who got another interception, sixth interception of the season in five weeks. That's, a, that's tied for a franchise record for the Dallas Cowboys. You have Ezekiel Elliott averaging 5.2 yards per carry on, who's, on his way to 115 total yards. Dalton Schultz. Fun fact about Dalton Schultz on this game. Blake Darwin was not targeted at all. The conversation is over at tight end. Dalton Schultz is your starter. And it was already over. But the Cowboys just keep confirming it week after week. I was wrong in a big way about the tight end position in Dallas. I really thought that Blake Jarwin was going to reclaim his job as a starter within the Cowboys. I, 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 I really thought so. Pretty smart. I like you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for joining the show. Welcome. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So make sure you check us out and check out adcsports.com slash Dallas as well. But also, there are some other players that you need to to give them a shout out. Over here, we have some answers for the primetime performer. Seek Elliott says Benjamin. Manny Ramos going with an original answer in Zach Martin. And Stevie Mac seconds that, that sentiment. I will answer that question, Zach, in a few minutes. Zach Martin, six. Stevie Mac, uh, can you see my comments? We can see your comments, Ryan. Shout out and thank you for being here on the show. Schultz should have had another touchdown, says Manny. And that is completely true. Shout out to ben Cedric Wilson. My primetime performer of the game is Randy Gregory. Now, I have not seen the actual numbers, but Gregory was causing QB pressure play after play. When the Cowboys did a, did a good job getting some QB pressure in throughout the entire game, but Randy led the charge. Randy was out there rushing from the outside, rushing from the inside, which I love. I absolutely love that the Cowboys are letting Gregory line up in the inside. Even on two points, there, was one, there, there were a few plays in which he was lined up in the inside. He was standing up, and he actually was lined up sometimes a little bit off the line of scrimmage to get some more speed going into the pocket. So I, I really liked what Dan Quinn is doing with Gregory so far this season. Last week, again, he had some sacks versus the Panthers, but he was generating pressure every snap of the game, basically, and the same goes versus the Eagles. So I think that Gregory is actually, even though we're getting him his credit, he might be a little bit overlooked, even with that credit and that praise coming his way. <laughs> is Ryan okay in the chat? I really don't. Sometimes I really don't understand the, the chat. <laughs> Cowboys fan from Central Illinois, let's go seek representing West Illinois, East St. Louis. Christian says, Dick's defensive player of the year already. He, he, he really has a chance at the award. The one thing that I don't like about Dick's, Dick's chances of winning the award is, you know, will the interceptions keep coming? Because QBs might get scared and stop throwing his way. So if the interceptions don't keep piling up for Trevon Diggs, does an edge rusher end up beating him in December? 
when there is a Miles Garrett with 15 sacks or an Aaron Donald that gets back on track. And I mean, he's still Aaron Donald, but he gets a few big games and pads up his stats and ends up winning the award. That would be what concerns me the most. However, I love Trevon Diggs. Now, I agree that that shouldn't matter, as Christian is saying. It should not matter that interceptions do not keep piling up for Trevon Diggs. If quarterbacks are not throwing his way, then it's because Trevon Diggs is playing great football. But voters are not your most, you know, voters like stats. So, so that's what I mean. And I don't mean that Trevon Diggs lowers his level of play. I mean that voters will not like that if the interceptions do not keep, do not keep coming. But hey, he's already at six. So he's well on his way to be a candidate for, for the award. Gregory says, Manny, he's been so close, but sometimes pressure is better than sacks when they force bad throws that lead to picks. Listen, here's the thing about pressure and why it is better than sacks sometimes, other than the forced picks. The pressure is constant when sacks are also dependent on which quarterback you are facing. If you're facing a quarterback that gets rid of the ball very quickly, the sacks will not come. But if you're facing a guy like Carson Wentz, they will. But pressure is going to be there if you're playing well week in and week out. I tell you, bro, these rookies are doing it. Shout out to Ozo Odiisuwa, who looked great once again. Uh, Joshua says, losing, we only lost one, says Joshua. But I forgot uh, the context of that comment. Excuse me, man. Since when? Since when? Since they are winning, I didn't see you speaking up when we were losing fake news, says Claire. I've been talking about the Cowboys being a legit contender in the NFC since the offseason. So I don't know what Claire is on to there over on Facebook. But hey, we've been talking about the Cowboys being contenders on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime since the offseason. But whatever suits you. I love Gregory and Michael looking like balls coming after a quarterback in between the tackles, says Christian. It has really been something. Osa, Cox, and Golson, says Christian. Golson also has been way too involved with the Cowboys, even though he was injured in the offseason and in the preseason and even for the first weeks of the regular season. But I like the fact that the Cowboys have not been afraid of letting him earn a role right away. So my primetime performer of the game will go to none other than Randy Gregory. That will, that will be my primetime performer of the game. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are 4-1. The Dallas Cowboys are 4-1, and, and that means a lot. And here are some numbers that I wanted to share with you. These are according to the NFL operations site, which published this study about three weeks into the season. Because since we are already talking about a 17-game season instead of a 16-game one, the numbers might have changed a little bit. But the Cowboys are 4-1. Now, statistically speaking, and stats tend to be overrated, but I think these numbers should be kept in mind. The Cowboys have, with a 4-1 record, teams that start with a 4-1 record in a 17-game season should have a 77% probabilities of making the playoffs, 49% to win the division, and 16% to earn the top seed in the conference. It's very early in the season to say that the Cowboys will be the number one seed in the NFL or anything like that. But someone asked, Zach asked in the chat, 
a few minutes ago, if I thought that the Cowboys were Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. And after five weeks of action, it's really difficult to say otherwise. Here's why. In the preseason, we sat down in the shows, we wrote articles, everyone was talking about this, that the Cowboys were going to be able to contend in the NFC if they had two things. If they had an elite offense, and if they had an average defense, or a defense that took the ball away. So far, after five weeks, the Cowboys have proven that they have both. They have proven that the offense is elite. And it is a very important distinction to make between very good and elite. Because the Cowboys have made that jump already with the help of Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. The Cowboys are making defenses choose. And they are being able to use multiple weapons to, to put points up on the board. Whether that means targeting Dalton Schultz, whether that means going deep with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, or throwing the short passes, the Cowboys have adjusted to each and every one of the defenses that they have faced so far. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are becoming maybe the best running back duo in the NFL so far this season. So this is definitely an elite offense. And it has become one of the most dangerous ones in the NFL. And this is with Lyle Collins missing four games already, and the same for Michael Gallup. Two key players that have yet to return to this Cowboys unit. Now, regarding the defense, it might be far from perfect. It might be struggling in a lot of areas. It might be giving up some big plays, but they are taking the ball away. Trevon Diggs had another pick and was close to getting another two in different plays. So, this team is checking the boxes that we placed for them in order to call them Super Bowl contenders in the 2021 season. It's still very early, but I think that they should belong in the conversation, and I think that they are a top four team in the conference. I would rank them inside the top four of the conference. I would put, I'm not sure in what particular order, we will leave that for another episode, but I would put the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cowboys. I would put them above the, the Cardinals, even though, shout out to the Cardinals, they're doing some great stuff. But yeah, that's how I feel about the Cowboys. Our defense has to clean up the big plays. They certainly should. Coming into this week, they were the number 21 defense versus the deep pass. So that's something to be concerned about. That might have changed. Now, that might have changed after this game as well. But the Cowboys were actually number one in DVOA versus wide receiver ones versus number one guys on opposing offenses. And they were top five versus number two wide receivers. But they were bottom three versus other wide receivers, three and beyond, and versus tight ends. That is where the Cowboys need to clean up. And that is where the depth conversation comes into the mix. And what we were talking about earlier on the show on where the Cowboys needed to upgrade. That might be cornerback depth and even a little bit of maybe little, not, not linebacker depth. But yeah, cornerback depth is the, the, the biggest thing that the Cowboys should improve on, in my opinion. Now, uh, over here says uh, OGP Stone. Teams in the league love good defense events. We can get a, fir- we can get a first, I think. Are we, are we getting rid of the Marcus Lawrence in the chat? 
are, are we getting are we already getting rid of Marcus Lawrence in the chat? Uh, please no. Over here says Christian, I said on other shows on YouTube and Law Nation knows me and Fish knows me. I've stated that Dan Quinn has been our biggest free agent. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that that is the biggest acquisition that the Cowboys made to improve the defense. And it's turning out to be better than we thought because of one particular reason. He, not, he did not arrive in Dallas with his, you know, old, good old cover three playbook. Dan Quinn did not do that. He came in Dallas with another playbook. And he came with the mindset of using his players with their strengths and playing to their strengths. After the first three weeks, the Cowboys were playing 60, 62% man-to-man coverage. The numbers should be very similar after five weeks. But Dan Quinn is known as a cover three guy and he's been more aggressive. And the reason why he has been able to be more aggressive also has to do with the fact that he has a true cornerback one in Trevon Dix. So that is one of the biggest reasons why Dan Quinn has really exceeded expectations, in my opinion. That he did not arrive with his good old cover tree playbook, but was able to adapt. And we forget sometimes that coaches can do so. That co coaches can change their philosophies when they are away. And that is what Dan Quinn did before taking the Dallas Cowboys job, clearly. What should we do with D-Law since we look good without him? Should we trade for a corner or a first-rounder? I can't wait till Gallup gets back, says OG Pistone. I don't think the Cowboys should trade the Marcus Lawrence, and even if they did, I don't think that you get a first round for, for, for Marcus Lawrence. Maybe you do, but his contract might be an issue for some teams and the fact that he's not that young anymore. But I don't think that you don't want to trade the Marcus Lawrence. Let's not trade D-Law. The Cowboys have looked good, but D-Law is still your best pass rusher on the team, even with Randy Gregory playing to the level that he is. Because Lawrence is also a very complete defender, and he contributes a lot on run defense. I think that Lawrence is still the best Cowboys player on defense. You know, Trevon Diggs making a push for that title, but it's still early as well. It's still early. We are good with D-Law. He's a great run stopper, says Joe. Yeah, let's not, let's not trade D-Law. I understand that the Cowboys have looked good, but they can look better. Never forget that. Teams can up upgrade. It's similar to what we were discussing earlier. Um, don't fix what, what, what is not broken. But it, it doesn't have to be broken to upgrade it. I thought Parsons had a good day in coverage, says Dallas Young. I thought so as well. I thought that Michael Parsons had a good game at linebacker. And it is fun. It is funny that we have only seen very little of Michael Parsons at linebacker. Not in a, a he-has-done-little kind of way. I mean that two of the five games that the Cowboys have played, In two of those, Micah Parsons was a defensive end. So we have seen very little linebacker play from Micah Parsons, but today had a good day on coverage. I agree. And overall, as a linebacker, he played good football. Let's hope that that continues to be the case. Best linebacker on the Cowboys, clearly. Football is a sport that every week is different. See how many players got hurt today? Yeah, this is definitely not Madden. Agreed, bro, says Christian. Benjamin says, uh, people seem to overlook contracts. Everyone thinks this is Madden. Yeah, that is the reason why I don't think that, that D-Law gets you a first rounder in return. 
the contract. Ronnie Jones says, Dallas Cowboys over at Facebook are for real. It is too soon to tell you it's too soon to tell you there are Super Bowl teams yet, but do not count them out. Okay, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but they are really that good with Dak Prescott. Number four and number 21. Yes, the boys are back in town. Ronnie Jones. And that is from a non-Cowboys fan. Great to have you on the show, Ronnie. Thank you. So, yeah, I agree with that, though. The Cowboys are really legit contenders in the NFC. And let's hope that continues to be the case. Tomorrow on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, we will have, as always... More takeaways, more, you know, cold-headed takeaways since we get a chance to go to sleep, think things over, watch the game again, maybe. If you are a, if you are a football seeker like some of us are, you will watch the game again by, by tomorrow's show. And we will have overreaction Monday around the NFL because there were a lot of things going on on the NFL today. And even right now with the Sunday night football game being played. Just one more comment. How about that heavyweight fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder? If you guys watched that, that was insane. I wanted to mention it because I had said it about on three previous shows. Every time before closing it out, I talked, I talked about that fight. It really delivered the, to the expectations. Tangle bring even more pressure. Depth is key in the NFL. I think those two will be two good takeaways to close the show on. Thank you, Dallas Young. I appreciate you. The show is over anyways. Don't worry. So I will see you on ADC Sports Dallas primetime tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. And as always, every Sunday through Thursday night, we will be here live on ADC Sports. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and Mavericks content. Thank you for joining me. Make sure you hit that like button, share the show. And John Wilder, you say it's a joke. And I know where you're coming from, but at least, man, he was swinging and he was already done. And, and somehow he made it to the 11th round. So I don't like Wilder, but I but shout out to Deontay Wilder. He, he made a good, he made a nice job making it so far and still delivering blows to Tyson Fury. That was just a fun fight. One of those fights that you don't forget where you were when you watched it. Good meeting you, ADC, says Christian. Never seen your show before. Well, Christian, it is, I, I represent ADC Sports on this slot on primetime, but we have a lot of content for you. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Every morning, Will Steele is here live at 8 a.m. with ADC Sports Dallas Live. Every night, I'm here at 8 p.m., so I hope you enjoy it, but make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas as well for the written articles because we have some great writers on ADC Sports. We aim to be your one stop for Cowboys content, and I, I hope you really like it. So thank you, guys. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Have a good Sunday night. Thank you, guys.